Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. In a speech to the UN today, President Biden responds to Russia's nuclear threats. That's as he again comments on China and Taiwan. NTD's Iris Tao brings us more. A nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. Addressing the UN General Assembly on Tuesday, President Biden condemns Russia for invading Ukraine and making new threats to the West. Again, just today, President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. Biden's speech comes hours after Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a rare partial mobilization of citizens to join the fight. Putin also warned that if the West pursues what he calls a nuclear blackmail, we will certainly use all the means at our disposal. Our country also has various means of destruction. But an expert says all of these threats have been hollow. On another front, Biden says this about U.S. and China as tensions escalate. We do not seek conflict. We do not seek a cold war. And on Taiwan, Biden notes that the U.S. remain committed to our one China policy, which has helped prevent conflict for four decades. And that comes just days after Biden vowed to defend Taiwan militarily against a Chinese invasion. But the White House said there's been no change in policy. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. And to discuss President Biden's speech at the U.N., I sat down with Congressman Greg Stubbe earlier today. Congressman Greg Stubbe, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Congressman, President Biden was at the U.N. today where he gave a speech where he said the United States is not seeking a conflict or a cold war uh, with China. Um, how do you think the CCP um, reflects on those comments? Yeah. Days ago, his administration is dialing back what he said about Taiwan and the United States defending Taiwan. Um, so it's like one second he says things and then the, his, his own administration has to dial back that we're going to defend Taiwan. And then the next statement he's making is, oh, we don't want any altercation with the Chinese. They don't know what their foreign policy is. We all know that Joe Biden and his family is completely compromised and corrupt as it relates to China. Billions of dollars have gone to his son's company. Um, other people that are affiliated with the agency and his administration are either on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party or have been or somehow associated with them. So he's obviously trying to buffer back statements he made on Taiwan. Uh, China is the number one national security threat to the United States. It is a fact, and we should be changing our approach from an administration perspective policy objectives and from the congressional objectives to prepare for that and and prepare for the defense of our nation if China is so bold as to do things but they have been doing things they've been doing uh, not overt things but coming after uh, patents and IP and intellectual property and instigating themselves in all sorts of different things from higher education to infiltrating the, the government at the highest levels switching gears a little bit um, you're scheduled to vote I think a little bit later today there's why do you think the Democrats are in such a rush to, uh, to to push the Electoral Count Act? Because they want to try to gerrymander it for their own benefit. I mean, we this is our, we have three more days 
after this week of legislative business before the midterm elections. They realize if we take the majority back in November during a lame duck con uh, Congress, very, very few things will get done. And uh, so they're trying to jam through as many things as they can. And the way that Washington works under Pelosi's house, we didn't even get the language of this bill until like less than 24 hours ago. Uh, a lot of members, I can guarantee you, haven't had an opportunity to read it. And now we're being told that it, we may be voting on it as early as today. Yet we still don't have been told is if it's going to be today or not. And that's just how uh, disorganized the Democrats are and shows you that this is not coming th from a process that was well thought out, that committees have discussed, that the media has had an opportunity to digest the language and ask questions. They just pump out language on a bill, send it straight to the floor. They don't give us the language until less than 24 hours before we vote. And then all the Democrats vote for Pelosi and all the uh, Republicans vote against it. What are you hearing back home uh, in your district in terms of uh, the top issues in the upcoming election? Top issue, 100%, no question, is immigration. Uh, we have an invasion at our southern border. Americans don't, they are seeing what is happening from that. Uh, illegal immigrants all across the country, rise in crime. Uh, we now have 78 known terrorists that have come across the border. When Mayorkas was in the Judiciary Committee the last time, he refused to answer the question. If his agency had released these known terrorists into our country, what are they doing with them? Uh, the American people don't stand for letting terrorists into our country. They don't stand for high crime. And I think there's going to be an edict from the American people in November about the direction of the country should be going. And that number one issue is border security. Congressman Greg Stubbe, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. The January 6th committee will hold another hearing next week. It's expected to be the last before their report is released. The chairman says video footage of the crowd and a significant witness testimony are planned. He adds they have chosen a topic but aren't releasing it yet. The committee might call live witnesses but has not decided. This final hearing is scheduled for next Wednesday. And this Saturday, there's a solidarity event planned in support of the January 6th prisoners. Organizers say this will be the largest of such events so far. Joining us to discuss, we have Jake Lang, a January 6th political prisoner who has been put in solitary confinement for nearly the past 21 months. Jake Lang, thank you so much for joining us from an Alexandria prison. God bless you, Steve. Thanks for having me. As I mentioned, uh, Jake, you're calling us from jail, but in fact, you do stay quite busy as you're organizing uh, an event coming up. I believe it's called the January 6th Solidarity Event in Washington uh, this Saturday. Um, is there any significance to the to the timing of this event? Yeah, this, this event is um, I mean, it's by far the biggest event in you know, unity for the January 6th political prisoners. And the timing is so poignant as all the other jury trials have gone in D.C. so far, guilty on all counts, because the D.C. jury pool has been tainted by Joe Biden's speeches, calling, you know, MAGA Republicans a threat to our democracy, and by the constant airing of January 6th, um, false narratives on CNN and MSNBC and all these different liberal media news channels. So we really don't have much of a shot in D.C. So we're standing in solidarity with all of the, I mean, over 900 January 6th political prisoners. Um, in September, on September 24th, this Saturday, in Washington, D.C., um, and so the, the timing is so important because the two biggest trials are happening in September and they're about to start the new uh, season of the Hollywood production, the January 6th Select Committee. 
Jake, you mentioned the uh, January 6th uh, Select Committee. Um, you were obviously there. Um, what do you think is the, 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 the biggest thing that people should know, I mean, outside of the images that, that they just see on repeat? So, you know, I could show you the audience better than we can tell you. So on j6solid.com, there's a documentary on there called The Truth About January 6th that my team and I have produced. And that narrative is not being shown inside um, the January 6th Select Committee. The narrative that we were there um, peacefully protesting a stolen election and we were enticed and entrapped and incited into um, defending ourselves from police brutality that was so rampant. I mean, just in epic times here two weeks ago, I, I read this article about a man with a broken femur from a police munition that was doing nothing on January 6th. And I got shot in the foot with a rubber bullet. I got a broken foot and clubbed in the head with steel baton. And um, Roseanne Boylan died in my arms, God rest her soul, um, a 34-year-old woman unarmed from Atlanta, Georgia. And so, you know, there was uh, lots of things happening there that they won't show you. So you need to go and, and seek out that information for yourself if you want to be truly informed and um, up to speed on what, what happened on January 6th and why the lies coming out of the January 6th Select Committee are so egregious and they're hiding, I mean, a, a significant portion of the narrative. Jake Lang uh, from a, an Alexandria, Virginia uh, jail uh, thank you so much for taking the time to let us know. Yes, God bless you, and uh, thank you so much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.